Our second reading is from the Gospel according to Mark in the first chapter, beginning at the ninth verse. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, we're beginning today in Lent, and we're going to be focusing on movement to the cross this year, this season. Uh, the Scriptures move us ever closer to the cross, and even here at the beginning of the ministry, we see how Jesus is preparing to go to the cross. We've already preached, or I've preached, we've talked about the baptism of Jesus, so I just used that, read that as part of setting the stage. Okay, well, this is where we are, this is what's happening. Right at the beginning, Jesus is baptized, he's declared God's Son, he's, God is well pleased with him just for who he is, his identity. And then, in Mark, Mark tells the wilderness tale a little differently than the other gospel writers, he says that the Spirit drove Jesus out into the wilderness. Now, I'm imagining this a little bit like a Super Bowl commercial. I mean, the Super Bowl was a few weeks ago. Y'all probably remember uh, a lot of the commercials and the way that they are, right? They're sort of over the top, and a lot of them are really funny. So I want you to imagine this, right, as a Super Bowl commercial. Jesus comes up out of the water, water's slow motion dripping, and the dramatic music, ba 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 ba, and the heavens part, and the light shines down, and here comes the Spirit descending like a dove upon him, and Jesus is standing there, and then all of a sudden the Spirit dive bombs Jesus, and he's like like a bird coming down on his head and he's dive bombing and running and swatting and here comes the spirit drive bombing him and picking at his head and driving him out into the wilderness that's the the image of this language here that Jesus is driven out into the wilderness he's going to prepare for his ministry, but I'm imagining this a little bit like when you go to basic training in the military. You see, when you go, you're going willingly. You sign the papers. You even want to go to get your training 
right? You're, you're going to get the training that you need. You know you need it. You have to go to it. And yet, when that bus pulls up, and that drill instructor gets up on the bus, he drives you out of that bus onto that, onto that grinder for you to prepare for your training. In fact, you're driven around by drill instructors pretty much the whole time that you're in basic training. The military really understands this concept very well, and I, I used a military phrase for the title of my sermon today, you fight like you train. The way that we train, how intense it is, how prepared we become through our training, determines how we are able to engage in our mission when things get real. The military understands that you have to be ready to follow orders at a moment's notice. You have to trust the ones who are giving the orders. You have to be ready to respond. On my side, I was in, in aviation. And in flight, you, you have to be ready to, to, to operate the aircraft no matter what else is happening. And that's the way they do flight school. Your training is very intense and very realistic because they know that when you're out flying missions, all the flying part has to be second nature. All the radio calls, all the running the equipment, it all has to be second nature because out there in the fight, there might be missiles coming. There might be... There might be bullets coming by. There, you might have an emergency situation where you've got to deal with a problem with the aircraft. And so your training has to prepare you to be able to respond and act an instinct for when you're in a real fight. God's people, God has understood this throughout the history of of Israel. It is, it is biblically historical for, for God's people to be driven into the wilderness to train before they are given their main work to do. King David drove, was, was driven out into the wilderness by Saul. And King David lived in the wilderness for years, training, preparing before he became the king. Moses and Elijah both went into the wilderness. Moses was really, well, they were both driven out into the wilderness. And there they met God. And they prepared for the ministry that God had called them to do. And perhaps the most evocative for our time of Lent is the Jews, the Hebrews, traveling in the wilderness for 40 years to prepare to be God's people in the promised land. And so in all of this, we see Jesus now following this tradition going into the wilderness 
as those who went before him did, to train, to do very difficult and realistic training for the fight that he is about to enter in his ministry. I mean, Mark tells the story very succinctly, but we do read that there were wild beasts out there. This is serious business. Jesus is sent out to survive amid the wild beasts without food and water readily available to him. And he's in this condition for 40 days. And then we read that Satan came to tempt him. Satan is the adversary of God, the deceiver of God, of people. Right? One of the, I, I've had a recent image that I, that I think is really helpful to understand how Satan operates in the world. My kids have started watching this, this uh, cartoon called uh, Ladybug and Cat Noir. And Ladybug and Cat Noir are heroes. They're, they're superheroes. They transform and they fight crime. They, you know, they fight crime, basically, right? Just like any superheroes do. And their main nemesis is Hawk Moth. Hawk Moth operates like I think Satan operates. Because Hawk Moth doesn't directly confront Ladybug and Cat Noir very often. What Hawk Moth does is he finds someone else. He finds a person who is in some sort of distress. Usually, a lot of times, it's a friend of Ladybug and Cat Noir. Sometimes it's just an acquaintance. Sometimes it's a friend. But these people, they, they've, they've been under some sort of stress. They, something negative has happened. Whether, whether they've, been, they've been hurt by someone or they've perceived a, a, a hurt, they, or they've had a rejection, or they've lost something that's valuable to them, they've had some sort of misunderstanding but they feel hurt. And Hawkmoth goes to them and speaks into their heads that, that their pain is real, which it is. And then he deceives them by telling them the way to redeem their experience, the way to get back what they've lost, the way to, to correct the problem that they've experienced is to use power to hurt other people in order to correct or get back what they've lost. These are all good people. These, these people are all, like, like I say, many of them are the friends, the best friends of, uh, of, of the heroes of the story. But they, they are deceived into believing that they can use this power to, to gain revenge and hurt other people and that that will correct the problem that they've experienced. Their motivation is good. They are actually trying to fix a real problem, but they, off, they always go astray because, because they, the method that they're using is, is hurting and seeking revenge. 
This is the way that Satan operates to deceive, to turn our own good motives against us, and to bring sin into the world in these ways. And so Jesus faces Satan and Satan's temptation to do this very thing, as Miss Eugenia highlighted, to, to do a good thing, to feed himself, to be a ruler in the world, right? To, to do these things, but to do them in a way that is against God's will. And Jesus has to face these temptations because Jesus' mission that he's preparing for is going to be so much more difficult than simply facing Satan one-on-one -on -one out in the wilderness with no other distractions. Where Jesus in the wilderness has some clarity and some ability to focus on one problem, when Jesus enters the fight, when he enters the mission, when he enters the real world in which he operates, already at the beginning we see that Jesus is opposed. That there is a fight at hand. John the Baptist, the forerunner to Jesus who has been telling people, Jesus is the one who has come, has been arrested. He's been arrested by the powers of the world because Jesus is coming to declare a new kingdom. He says, there, the kingdom of God is near. Well, the kingdom of Rome doesn't like to hear about another kingdom that is forcing its way into the world. And Mark reminds us right at the beginning that John is arrested and soon after beheaded for following the kingdom of God. And throughout his ministry, Jesus is in a fight. He's in a fight with the Pharisees. He's in a fight with the scribes. He's in a fight with the temple leaders. He's in a fight with Rome. And ultimately, he is in a fight with demons who he is driving out of people. And finally, he reaches the cross where he is in the fight against Satan and sin and death, all the weapons of the evil one that Paul writes about in the Scripture that we read are brought to bear against Jesus. So he must be trained, he must be prepared for this ministry that he's going into. And folks, you and I have to be ready for a fight. And God knows that. And that's why God graciously gives us time to train. Every year we enter the season of Lent which is our season of training for the fight that is to come. We have this time to prepare for spiritual preparation, to focus on God in a new and different way as Jesus does in the wilderness, to increase our faith, our trust that God will get us through this time because in the world we are in a real fight there is real hardship real suffering real deprivation that God calls us to engage with 
as Christians. Now, we might enter a, a fight that is the result of sin in the world, a fight with sickness, a fight such as this pandemic, a fight in hunger and poverty, right? The different places that we may be called to fight. Right now, we, this, this month, we're entering the fight against MS as a church. But we may also be entering a fight just because of our preaching and living and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ as John does. And the devil is there waiting to deceive us. Waiting to lead us astray, to, to take our good intentions and twist them into evil. Yet we have redemption, not through revenge, not through hurting other people. But when we are hurt, when we are down, we must remember that we have redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. That on that cross, Christ defeated sin and death. Christ opposed and defeated Satan. So we don't have to rely on revenge. We don't have to rely on pain and hurting other people. We have the opportunity to put on all of these gifts of God that Anna read to us about and to fight with love. This is our season to prepare. Now, I know that some of you have felt like you have been in a time of deprivation, a time of preparation, a time of stress, in a real fight for this entire year, and it hasn't let up yet. I pray that you have trained before now to be ready for this year, which has been a battle for us. But if you haven't, we don't have to be worried because Jesus Christ is with us. Jesus Christ has been there. Jesus Christ went through the temptation in the wilderness and the desolation of the cross in solidarity with our pain, with our temptation, and with our suffering. And as Christ overcame, so we shall overcome. As the Spirit and the angels are there with Jesus in the wilderness, ministering to Him, so Jesus Christ is with us in our wilderness, in our places of temptation and pain and suffering. Christ is with us, and by His grace and His love, we too shall overcome. So I invite you into a season of training and preparation for the coming of the cross and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.